Hello, everybody. I'm Caraval. And I'm Beta. And it's another episode of Marimorse. I'll be there. No. It's the fifth episode. We, this is the big five. The big O5. Oh five. <laughs> we got a good show for you tonight, as we do every night. If, there this, are some... if this show was a toddler and every episode was a year, we would have object permanence and we would be starting to learn to read. I, learned, I could I could read before I was five. Show off. Also, I want to note, somebody has decided that today and right now is when they want to do some jackhammering. So, I'm going to try to remove as much of it as I can, but hopefully it is not a problem. Why isn't it called jillhammering? That's sexist. Anyway, to- <laughs> tonight we've got green isn't your color, we've got a ship, and we've got some talking about queer bait. Stick around. And maybe we'll be gay, but probably not. No, we'll definitely we be gay. We will definitely be gay. That joke doesn't really work when you're this gay. Yeah, All right. right. Yeah, okay. Let's go to the song. Pony. Welcome back to what I have started calling the gayest My Little Pony podcast, and we'll continue to call that until somebody can prove otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think two girlfriends doing a My Little Pony podcast about queer stuff is probably the gayest it's gonna get. Yeah, but like, what if, <laughs> I don't know, what if we had like, oh, we'd sort of former relationship over my little pony that is a little little bit low key low key i mean there are other aspects but yeah no also yeah coming up on our uh, second podcast uh beta and caravel talk about public transit for (laughs) six hours uninterrupted and unedited Uh, so how about that problem this morning at uh at uh brian park yeah no that that sucked we we had to stop taking the friendship express and switch to the friendship local (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh new york city jokes so the first so so the first part of our episodes as always is we talk about an episode that we just rewatched right before this show i recommend if you can going back and rewatching it before we talk about it or maybe we will just convince you to go back and rewatch it we only pick good episodes. Yeah. We don't just, like, pick them randomly. We have a big old spreadsheet. And, and then also sometimes we just are like, hey, what if we did this episode? What if we did this episode? And that's what happened this week with Green Isn't Your Color from one of my favorite episodes from season one. Mm-hmm. We were actually just talking about it, like, the other day. Yeah, somebody was talking about uh, emo Fluttershy. Yeah, and I, 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 of course, linked the magazine cover, and we were talking about how good an episode this is. It is a good episode. It's a good episode. All right. So, so you've got you have notes. Yeah, I took notes because I'm a I'm a keener. Um, 
was this our first introduction to Fluttershy and Rarity's Weekly Spa Week? Yes. It kind of must have been. Yeah, this was the first episode to really have Rarity and Fluttershy interacting too much, I think. Other than, like, um, Suited for Success, where she was interacting with everybody. Yeah, so... This is oh, and like... I guess also the, the um, Stairmaster, I think, comes mm. before this. That was mostly Twilight. Yeah, but there is some Rarity and Fluttershy sure. in there, too. But this is like the episode that cements that they are very close friends. Yeah, and like provides the basis for like every Rarishai fic that has ever been written. It's like, very good. Nobody has ever written one of those fics that didn't involve like a confession in the spa. Of it course. Just, it's it, I it's it's necessary. It's necessary. It's mandatory. Yeah. It's like having a twi it's like having a tuna fic that involves like stargazing. No, it's important. It's important. So yeah. or an Apple Dash fic that has a joke about Zap Apples. <laughs> Also, if you hear meowing in the background, uh, my roommate's cat is out and about doing cat stuff. We will attach a photo to this episode when it goes yes. up. So you can see how cute Kira is. Kira is a very good cat. Um, okay. Squeak noises? Squeak noises. This episode has a lot of extremely good noises, mostly from Fluttershy, some from Rarity. Yeah. Uh, Fluttershy is so cute in this uh, episode. All the ponies are so cute. Yeah, I, I just like honestly, I feel like they're cuter in season one. They're a lot more horse-like. Yeah, and they're just they're more excitable. I feel. Yeah, like we get Twilight doing the yes dance whenever, but like, when was the last time we saw Rarity this excited? Yeah, right. Or like, when was the last time we saw them instead of freaking clapping, uh, instead of stomping their hooves? That's wonderful. I feel like they still do that. In I feel like they don't do it as much, though. Yeah. yeah they just kind of clap their hooves and it's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. But the noises were really good. I am basically never sick, sick of the little, like, goat squeak noise. Yeah, it's like, an extremely good noise. I like, I think they, they still use it, but they, like, sort of ration it out. Because mm -hmm. it would definitely be, it could be easily overdone. But yeah. But it's really good, oh, and I love so it. Good. The horses are so good. The horses are so good, and I love them. Little d notes, little details that I got. Um, Rarity has her own monogrammed bathrobe for the spa. Obviously, I mean, I think that I think that just makes sense. Yeah. Um. Somehow, Alice or uh, Aloe and Lotus. <laughs> Aloe and Lotus. Aloe and Lotus have not yet figured out that uh, Fluttershy is not a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they were going to like file her hooves because that's uh, something that's done in like later episodes, and Rainbow Dash freaks out about it. Oh yeah, she doesn't like it. But yeah, I, I like the little little squeak she gives. Yeah, just like, I, I like how Rarity is obviously like doing doing the spa thing up to eleven, and Fluttershy is just sort of like yeah. It's really cute that they have, like, reached this easy compromise of, like, I'm sure there must have been a lot of off-screen negotiation of just, like, oh, oh, I don't know, um, those, that spa just seems so, I don't know why my Fluttershy is. Yeah, why is your, your, I was gonna comment on that when you were done, like, oh no, Fluttershy's from northern Wisconsin now. Oh my god, don't call me out like this. this oh, for cute. This is PII, you can't leak this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call the FTC on you. Calling the Coast Guard. 
hey buddy, you want a spam email? I'm calling the FTC. <laughs> ah, the horses are really good though. Yeah. I just I like how comfortable Rarity and Fluttershy are with each other. Yeah. Time. Just they're so There's a cat. There's they're a cat. so just like the way that they have managed to find something that they both have interest in and that they don't have to do it exactly the same way. And they've both figured out where they are comfortable within this world. Oh, it's so good. It's some good stuff. Some good. Um, you know what I really didn't like? Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is he in this episode? Why? Yeah. What does he add? It's like, oh. They didn't even know about bronies yet, so. <laughs> it's true, they didn't. At least, like, you know. I mean, maybe they were already almost done with season two by the time. Yeah, they probably, you know. I'll bet as this was airing, they knew about Bronies. Well, yeah. But not while it was in production. Yeah. So, like, that's what why I mean. is there a tedious dude who has crush on Rarity? I don't know. Boring. Mm-hmm. I, li- I, li- I like the, the Love Rarity shirt. Yeah. And the Love Rarity fan. <laughs> Forgot about the fan. <laughs> hey, Rarity, I'm your biggest fan. If you do finger guns at me, it doesn't pick up a mic. That's why I was snapping. 100, are you snapping? <laughs> I, I love Get making. That reference. I like making episodes timeless by referencing <laughs> memes that are already outdated by the time I say them. I feel like that actually does make them timeless. Yeah. Because it could be at any point in it's the past. true. Um, Rarity has zero chill, and I love that about her. I like when she just makes herself a black cloak to (laughs) dramatically drape over herself. It's a very, it's a quintessential Rarity moment. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I was gonna, I was gonna say Rarity has calmed down a little bit, but she definitely hasn't. Like, there are some moments in episode seven, like, what are you wearing? My emotions, darling! Stress couture! Yeah. Which is also not a rarity voice at all. There's no. a reason I am a podcaster and not a voice actress. It's because mm. we can't actually do the horse voices very well. Well, you could you could do other voices. Like, if you, somebody needed a character who is from, like, a suburb of Fargo, you could do that. I can't believe you're calling out my Midwestern accent <laughs> like this. If they, if you need, you could play with that, like, cabbie pony that's just like, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Forget about it! Uh, uh, what about I go? Speaking of accents, yeah, fo- uh, photo finish is a really great character. There's a lot of really good gags. Yeah, of just I love the magics. The magics, except that it's the magics. She doesn't say Z. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The magics. The magics. Look that are shy. Something inspired by the nature. <laughs> <laughs> Did Rainbow Dash call her Flutershy for the next several months after this episode? Yes. We say yes here at Marimores. Marimores, we are all headcanoning that Flutershy was, or maybe that was Rarity's pet name for Fluttershy for a while. Flutes. Yeah. It's just like, come on. Come on, Flutershy. <laughs> um, Makes Fluttershy giggle. Yeah. Goth Rarity. We already talked about Goth Rarity and how good that was. Um, talking about 
things that I remember for season one that I don't miss at all when mm-hmm. they were trying to make fashion happen by having the ponies wear saddles. <laughs> that was weird. That I was don't know. Re- I kind of miss it. That was weird, and I am glad that it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, to each their own. Who's it for? It doesn't add up. <laughs> Who are the saddles for, Kara? <laughs> I'm sorry, Beta. I can't answer that question for you. It was a stretch stagecoach. Yes. It was like a stagecoach train yes. of like six stagecoaches long. They weren't even connected. Yeah. It wasn't even like a giant limo that you could like walk around inside of. It was yes. just long for no reason. Is there a question in here? <laughs> I think that's my, my main question is why. And my secondary question is, but why? My que- My answer is... Uh, let's see. Twilight's really cute in this episode. I yeah. really miss season one Twilight. Yeah, she's just such a little dorkasaurus. It's the perfect plan. I love when she accidentally hits herself in the eye while trying to do the pinky <laughs> promise for the first time. Is this the episode that's from? Yes. Nice. That's important. It is important. I like, I can remember so many fanfics where they talk about pinky like miming and then i buried the key in a mine uh-huh. and then i filled in the mine and then i set the mine on fire so mm-hmm. that nobody could access the key anymore and then i established a super fun site as a government cover-up to... <laughs> i haven't heard that one in specific i might use that one in a later in a later episode copyright Quest... beta do not steal <laughs> Quest year probably doesn't have super fun sites maybe no. they do maybe, maybe. A, it can be an ekg deck yeah exactly I, I love her mining. I especially like, I have a, a looping gif of her digging, miming digging oh, on the ground. That's so it's good. so good. That's so good. There's a lot of good Twinkie in here, I feel. Oh, I archived my notes. Oh, no. But yeah, there's good Twinkie. There's good Rarishai. Applejack and Rainbow Dash aren't really in this episode, but. No, they're not. They got like a brief and cameo. Were, and they were busy making out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twinkie is a good ship. Yes, it is. Um, why was Bon Bon such a dick to Rarity? She literally like lives in Ponyville. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this was before they knew about. They just needed random characters, so they were just like, okay, this one and this one can burst in. Yeah, this was before like the fandom had latched on to Bon Bon. Yeah, that's shit. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Okay. Can we comment on the gayest line of this entire episode? Okay. On her own, Fluttershy could never do something unattractive. Yeah, no, that's an extremely good line, and I was <laughs> screaming internally. Twilight just, like, just matter-of-factly saying, it is impossible for Fluttershy to be unattractive. Like, Twilight, hun. Twilight, your lesbian is showing. Twilight, you're so gay. I'm not really sure I should talk about this one on Maramores. Maramores is a Yeah, I, I saw pod- you writing that one. Maramores is not a family podcast, but maybe we should try to be a little like more PG-13 than R. Yeah, we can do that. So we'll just, we'll, we'll we'll just, just leave just... that. If you want to know more about what I'm talking about, join the Maramores Join Discord. the Maramores Discord. Uh, it's good there. Yeah, it's very good. Um... I love that uh, Footage Finish had backing music every yeah, time she was on screen. Good. She was, it was just like gently pumping I was also pretty music. into the backing music uh, during Fluttershy's fashion show that Twilight was like manipulating her for. Yeah, I could rave to this. Yeah. 
There was a really cute throwaway line of don't forget about us little ponies. Oh yeah, that was That's good. That's so good. That's good wordplay. The utter like takedown of the fashion industry. <laughs> which, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a there's a degree of, you know, little girls don't have to be into fashion, but the important converse to that is but it's okay if they are. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what rarity is. Yeah, like, exactly. You're like, you've got Rainbow Dash, who is very much not into any of that stuff, and then you have Rarity, who is, and they're both presented as, like, equally valid, strong characters. Yeah, no, that's definitely true, but the all of the fashion ponies being like, Rarity said this thing was good, therefore, we all agree with her instantly, felt a little... I don't know. It was kind of cheap. There's definitely, they do that sometimes. They do it later on with, like, the Wonderbolts being kind of jerks. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be, I don't know. I don't have any good articulate thoughts on this. That's fair. It was sort of important for the episode that it worked like that. Um, Can we talk about how the premise of this episode is that you should communicate with your friends to avoid conflicts? Yes. That's that, good. That's real good. That's a good it's lesson. It's real, real good. And it's an important relationship lesson, too. Yeah. Like, the ponies are telling you things that you should listen to. Yeah, I, I definitely. Talk. It's important to be open and communicative. Communicative? I have no idea. I don't know. With uh, not only your friends, but also your partners. Yeah. And that's how you create a lasting platonic or romantic relationship. Basically, the plot of every one of my stories is a conflict that can be and is solved by ponies just sort of talking to you. Yeah, I kind of like in when you get the rare fanfic like one of yours where it's like there's a brief conflict about like where a character doesn't want to communicate how they're feeling. But then like a couple paragraphs later, they end up being like, okay, no, I need to talk about this. Like, I read you, you did that really well in a... The, in a uh, chapter six of graph theory i felt this this episode of mirror is brought to you by uh beta's graph theory yes. chapter seven will be out by the time we release this that's true there's only two more chapters left folks after chapter seven yeah you should definitely read graph theory if you haven't because it's really good and it was written by an extremely wonderful cute excellent human being who is also, sitting right next to me also uh chapter seven is going to be late getting out this week because i am at this moment recording a podcast when i should be editing so <laughs> it happens it happens to the best of us and also me um no no self-deprecating on Marimors. what the heck they did on self-deprecate <laughs> what would the emoji for that look like do i you have think? no idea all right yeah okay. Are those most of our thoughts on the episode? I just wanted to say that I read a lot of fan fiction where they, like, draw that sort of conflict out for, like, a hundred thousand words. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like just, it. It's just kind of lazy. Like, yeah. there are other ways I understand that, especially in, like, relationships that involve men. Mm. Because men are kind of trained to not communicate their feelings or embrace their feelings at all from a young age. But implying I, feel... I read fan fiction with men in it. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying that like yeah. you're talking about fan fiction that is like to women, and it feels wrong there because women aren't kind of forced into that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like trans women definitely have trouble kind of coming to terms with their emotions, but it's definitely not on the same level of like a cis man's 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like trans women kind of overcompensate sometimes, and it's just like, nice to meet you. I've never talked to you before. Which one of my traumas would you like to hear about? Yeah, first? it's like joking about a trans girl first date, where it's like you meet up and you you get dinner or whatever. And you, like, introduce yourselves, you talk briefly about your interests, and then you just kind of devolve into childhood traumas. Mm -hmm. And then, usually, uh, you you go home together. Yeah. (laughs) The trans girl first date. Yeah, exactly. Ours wasn't like that, though. We went to the zoo. We had done plenty of talking about it. We had talked about our trauma in the past when we were just friends. Yeah. Air quotes just also we only went home together because that was i was staying at your house but yeah we did not sleep in the same bed we didn't know i was very good about that yeah we were... anyway anyway uh green we... is in your color rare shy is a good ship and twinkie is also a good ship twinkie is also an extremely good ship yeah and i love all of the horses same i love you nice <laughs> speaking of ships we should do a ship all right, we're going to do the rolling of the d20. I started playing Magic the Gathering, so I have like a life counter d20 now. One. That is twi-dash. Are you excited? Why did you put this as one? One is usually a critical fail. This should be the one for 20. <laughs> no, 20 would be sunlight if I was doing it. Uh, that's good. Anyway, that's good. so twi-dash, if you don't know is miss mrs betas thank you dear mrs betas favorite pairing that's true it is your otp your one true pairing yeah although i although i've been getting away from it more and getting into my own personal rare pair of t-pone mm-hmm. and Celestia. Yes. That, that's an epi- that's a that's a segment for another time we should put <laughs> we should put that on maybe we will maybe, maybe after will. this we will anyway <laughs> Twilight and Rainbow Dash are both enormous dorks. It's so true. Is the sort of main reason this works. They're, they're huge dorks. Like, I, I, I can't even, like, there are some characters that approach their dorkiness, like Sunset, Luna, Starlight. Yeah. But Thorax. But, like, Twilight and Thorax Rainbow Dash. Thorax isn't a dork so much as he's just a total dweeb. <laughs> I love him, though. He's so good. He's. Definitely the best best quote-unquote male character in the show. Yes. Even though um, it doesn't really make any sense for changelings to have gender. Changelings are canonically non-binary. <laughs> Kyle Rideout told me himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kyle Rideout told you that Thorax is trans-positive. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. I can but there is that bit in the season 7 episode where there's a changeling who's like i don't want to be this color i want to be this color and they're like yeah go for it that's good anyway uh so they're just huge dorks and they're very exuberant about it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when either of them like, get talking about like their special interests or whatever they just go yes and absolutely. i feel like the two of them could talk about daring do like obscure daring do fan fiction for hours and hours and hours they could run a podcast they could run a podcast about daring do which one of them has the daring do docky though rainbow (laughs) yeah twilight has a (laughs) slush obvious don't (laughs) what shouldn't i do beta that would be like 
you having like a Chelsea Manning docky. It's just weird. Yeah, that is weird. You're right. Or like, do you think those exist? <laughs> they probably do. Because the world is bad. I don't want them to. I don't want them to, but they probably do. Anyway. Twidash. <laughs> Twidash is really good. I Earlier on, I had a very, very strong affinity for Twilight and Rainbow Dash co-parenting a scootaloo yeah it is, is on you have like you have your keys and you have a tile on your keys because you always lose them and also yes. your phone so you can use one to find the other mm -hmm. and for tiles if you don't know this you can get a custom design uh for your tile like a little a little decal and betas is a fan art of twilight and rainbow dash and scootaloo <laughs> as a family listen I am a mayor of simple needs, <laughs> and one of those simple needs is cute families that love and support each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Big mood. I really like this for, like, season three, season four, Scootaloo. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like season, like, seven, Scootaloo, is kind of like an adult. Yeah, she's kind of, like, the CMCs at this point, I feel like, are, like, in their mid to high teens. Yeah, exactly. With, like, the main sticks being in their late 20s. Because, like, the... They have a job. Yeah, they run a small business. Yeah, they functionally run a small, like, therapy business. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're certified. Somebody should probably tell the equestrian whatever society i mean maybe maybe they're like life coaches yeah you know? exactly but but they like they have a business they provide a service yeah they ran they ran they ran a day camp like and they weren't just like the youth counselors like they were in charge yeah of a day they camp. straight up ran a day camp and everybody was just like yeah and like even thunderlane who is like the main sixes age is like yeah this would be great for my younger brother yeah so basically they Scootaloo doesn't need parents anymore, mm -hmm. so I can just have them raise cute next gens instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we should. While we're on the topic of Scootaloo, we should talk about her gay aunts. Yes. Uh, recently, if you have wait, not wait, 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 this is what we're gonna talk about in the. Oh the, yeah, I guess we can talk about that later. Okay, you'll have to wait with bated breath for us to discuss Scootaloo's gay. Breath. Hey. Anyway, uh, well, you uh, you should talk more about yeah. So it's not just that it's not just that I think they are both dorks. I think they would both be really good parents. Yeah, no, I think yeah, no, definitely. Like Rainbow Dash is, I think, the sort of parent who would make incredibly well-meaning but possibly misguided decisions. Like we've already talked about tanks for the memories. Yes, we we have discussed tanks for the memories on this podcast, and I think we, to some extent, in that when we were discussing it, we actually talked about thinking that Rainbow Dash would be a good parent. Yeah, and that's very important to me. Rainbow being the sort of the sort of mom who just like would literally move heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. for her kids i like to i have like this idea of rainbow dash being at like taking uh her and twilight's daughter to like in like a soccer league or something they could have a son 
yeah, or a son, and for a soccer league mm-hmm. for non-binary child, and uh, they're full. Yeah, uh, to a like youth soccer league or whatever, and I can imagine Rainbow Dash and Twilight are at their first at this uh, their full's first soccer game, and they're just going nuts on the stands. They are just like waving a flag. They're basically like like Rainbow's parents are to Rainbow, but to their kid. Can you imagine them, Rainbow, just like looking in the mirror one day and be like, "I've become my parents." <laughs> <laughs> so good uh, yeah i just like god could you could you imagine like rainbow dash and twilight are there and also all of like their full's grandparents they're just like they're just be like constant screaming coming from the stands <laughs> just they are all so excitable by their children and their come on rainbow push Best birth ever! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like Twilight's parents are a little more low-key about it, but now that we've actually gotten some, uh, some characterization for them as of a fairly recent episode, Once Upon a Zeppelin, I feel like they're also that same way, where they're just extremely excited by everything. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Rainbow and Twilight have to get it from somewhere. Yeah, and the answer is their parents. I bet their parents would get along really well. Yeah. I bet they'd be really good friends. That's like a whole category of shipping I hadn't even thought about. Like, oh, like how well their parents would get along? Yeah. That's important. It is important. I need to keep this in mind. That must be really weird for like Twilestia and stuff where <laughs> Celestia like knew your parents as kids. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about Sunlight and it's like Twilight Velvet being like, ah, Princess Celestia is now my sister-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the good things, one of the sort of ancillary benefits of Twi-Dash is that Twilight doesn't have a CMC sister, so that particular ship doesn't make yeah, the CMC it, triad weird. Yeah, we, it's it's very important to have the, the poly CMCs, which unfortunately doesn't flat with um, my favorite OT3, which is Rarity Applejack. Oh well, they probably just wouldn't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd just honestly, be like, like we're. I don't know. The like, it's the, like, like twins dating twins. Yeah, the like problematic power dynamics. I feel aren't as much of a thing when you're like siblings by marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our cat agrees. <laughs> oh, not our cat. My roommate's cat. Yeah. Just makes weird noises sometimes. Yeah. Same. So, Twi-Dash. How do you think... Who do you think asked the other out first? There's no way it wasn't Twilight. All right. Well, how do you imagine this going down? I'm glad you asked, <laughs> So, the sort of prototypical uh, Twi-Dash fix starts off with a reading night of, of some course. kind. Of course. Yeah. And I think that... The reason that I think it has to be Twilight is I think that... Rainbow, over the course of the early relationship, has to be sort of taught how to let her feelings show. Yeah. Because the whole thing about Rainbow is that she is very aloof and very sort of defensive as a self-defense mechanism against, like, letting people close to her. Like, I imagine that she had 
you know, something happened to her as a filly, like, you know, lost a friend Mm -hmm. or had somebody hurt her or had a bad relationship or something such that she has to Yeah, exactly. Such that she feels the need to be like detached. And it's up to, and I think because of that, she has been like pining after Twilight forever and can't even tell because yeah. she's not even in touch with her own feelings enough mm-hmm. to know that that's happening. And yeah. so I think Twilight possibly like figures it out eventually and gets sick of waiting. Yeah. And it's when the heck are you going to smooch me, Rainbow? Yeah, that is how season seven Twilight would handle it. Season yeah. one Twilight would be like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I do? You think, how many, like, she'd probably make, like, charts. I made charts. Yes. When I was, when I was in high school, I definitely made pro-con charts for asking girls out. Of course you did. I just assumed that I would never be able to ask any girls out. I guess one of my current partners I asked out. Well, also kind of you. Yeah. Hmm. That was a special Yeah, but like Robin, I was the instigator there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really interesting, like, talking about these ships, because S1 Rainbow Dash and S7 Rainbow Dash are not really that different. Like, let's be real. I mean, she learned to be a little bit less of a jerk, Mm -hmm. but the difference between season one Twilight and season seven Twilight is, if you'll pardon the pun, night and day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I definitely feel like her character has gotten kind of bland in the later seasons. I liked Once Upon a Zeppelin because it finally gave her characterization again. Yeah, she like she's not perfect. She has, you know, internal conflict. And now instead of like... And like this isn't one that's revolving around like Starlight or necessarily... Not necessarily even just Princess Duties. Like, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. But also just her own kind of self-sacrificing nature. Yeah, yeah, that's a good character arc for her. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, like, you know, maybe season seven Twilight convinces herself that doesn't notice that what's going on with Rainbow, because she's probably still pretty oblivious, mm-hmm. and talks a little bit to someone and is just like, oh, but I can't tell her. It'll be such a bother. I'll just, I'll just mm-hmm. hold on to this so I don't have to... It's like, there's no way she would ever want a mare like yeah. me. And... Who do you think she's talking to about it? Pinky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Pinky is just like, no, get out of here. And just like Twilight pushes her like, out the door. Twilight is like, you are a wonderful, lovely mare. And I'm sure Rainbow Dash would love to date you. And just kind of like shoves her out into like the, the public part of Sugar Cube Corner. And Rainbow Dash just happens to be there. Yeah. And they're just like nose to nose all of a sudden. Just hey. like. Uh, hi, Rainbow Dash. Pokes hooves together Mm -hmm. a little bit. And then runs away immediately. Yes. And then eventually figures out how to ask. Yeah. Is it just like... What if if she did some elaborate, like, cloud thing? That's extremely good. She, like, carves, will you go out with me, Rainbow (laughs) Dash, into the sky with clouds or, like her contrails (laughs) i don't know contrail is a good name for yeah you're right this is my oc chemtrail (laughs) 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 just 
scared Kira. <laughs> There's a really excellent piece of graffiti near my old house that just says chemtrails FYI. <laughs> I remember that one. That's a really good graffiti. Uh yeah. So I Brooklyn. think I think there's I'm trying to conceive of a scenario in which Rainbow Dash asks her out. I think season one Rainbow Dash asks season one Twilight out I because think... she thinks she's like, who wouldn't want a taste of the dash? Yeah, I, I feel like Rainbow Dash goes in like like with this kind of facade of incredible confidence. Yeah. And just it falls to pieces almost immediately. Yeah, it's like Rainbow Dash walks in and is just like, hey, Twilight, you want to go on a date with me? And Twilight's just like, yes. And then Rainbow's just like, oh, oh, uh, Rainbow is just like a blushy mess. A blushy mess. And she like takes off. It's like, you know, that post that's like, uh, person A has the most beautiful girl in the world doing today. And person B, I don't know. How are you? Person A, voice cracking. Fine. (laughs) And I feel like... After they've been in a relationship for a while, person A is Rainbow and person B is Twilight. So Twilight's just like sitting on a couch reading a book and maybe like, like with like their foal or whatever. And Rainbow Dash like pulls out that line and Twilight doesn't even look up and it's just like, I don't know. How are you, dear? Rainbow Dash is just like, fine. Okay. There's another, there's an, we're talking about season one and season seven Twilight, but there's an important Twi-Dash factor we haven't covered yet. And that is Twilight, Twilight learning how to fly. From yes, Rainbow obviously, Dash. that is an extremely important thing, and I am ashamed that we haven't gotten to it yet. Right. That's so, like I feel like once Twilight got her wings, I feel like a lot of Twi Dash fic after that point incorporated that in some way. Yeah, we we managed to once we got back past that point, Rainbow Dash didn't have to break her wings every every yeah. time somebody <laughs> wanted to write a fan fiction about her. I swear to God. Don't get me wrong. I love that fish. No, her comfort is my is my jam. But, but, maybe we don't need more of those. Maybe not. The rainbow breaks her wing and Applejack has to nurse her back to health. I think there are probably like dozens of fix that can be described with that sentence. And they're all really good. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them, at least. Like, it's not like every fanfic is good. No. Sometimes they're bad fanfics. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're very clearly written by men who have mm-hmm. never seen women interact in their lives. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Or, or just, like, Rainbow asking Twilight out and then, like, getting embarrassed and shooting off and forgetting that Twilight can fly now and she <laughs> oh, follows yeah. her. That's really good. I was thinking, like, Rainbow Dash is teaching Twilight how to how to fly and stuff and Twilight's kind of shaky and then like kind of falters and starts falling and, and Rainbow Dash like catches her and their their eyes meet and they just like kind of slowly get closer and closer. And then Rainbow f- drops her. <laughs> Rainbow gets so embarrassed she drops her. I Twilight want... does that like one scream that she does like the ah. <laughs> I didn't do a very good job but there's wow. What if what if Twilight, like, accidentally crashes through Rainbow's house? Oh my god! <laughs> like, while What's up, nerd? <laughs> Not even on purpose. 
Just like twi- Twilight, just like loses control and careens through like. Brimadash can't even be that mad. She's just like Twilight. You wrecked my house, and Twilight is just like. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> to have a pony careening through your window every day or so. What is up with Rainbow's house? Why does she live on Mount Olympus? Hmm. Why For some reason, have, like, Cloudsdale just has like this, this like ancient Greek theme. Yeah. I don't know. This is what they decided for. Pegasopolis is like, and it's like just the the past Pegasi when they're talking about them are like based on like like some sort of amalgamation of Greeks and Romans. Yeah. I feel just like that's like, just kind of how they decided to do it. Where does the rainbow waterfall go? <laughs> well, let me tell you about Rainbow Fact. No, I'm not gonna stop. I, I know about Rainbow Factory. Well, it's not. Don't. Let's not do that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. She just does. Do you have any other Twidash thoughts? Um, yes, but I feel like we have gotten a lot of them down yeah. already. Twidash is a really good ship. I am going to link Spellbound Fireflies in the description for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should all read it. It's kind of long, but it is perfect in literally every way. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet. Don't tell Beta. What? Did you... No, I didn't. Oh. It might have been Kira. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Kira's voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, why don't we have our intermission when we come back? We will talk more at you, you lovely viewers. Sounds good. Okay. We'll be right back. For the moment you'll be there for me At the end of the day All the colors of summer faded through We can start on the highest ground Jet plane, fast train, I'll get to you Yes, I'll get to you Where the grass is green, we'll meet again As our love comes pouring down Kissed by the rain, I'll get to you Yes, I'll get to you Welcome back to Marimores, the world's gayest, the world's gayest My Little Pony podcast. I'm Beta. I'm Caravel. Still. Yep. Hasn't changed. Has not changed. What if it did one of these times? What if we came back and I was just like Carousel? <laughs> that would be weird. It would be. People would know. be like, huh. Do that's this. weird. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what they would do. They just keep listening. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just Griffin Mackle, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your littlest pony. <laughs> I'm your sweet baby pony, Caravel. Uh, so today, our topic today is queer, queer bait. baiting. Queer baiting. Maybe you've heard this word around the internet, the mm-hmm. word queerbait. Maybe you're not 100% sure what it means. Maybe you do know what it means. And here to help you define it is Beta. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I could define it, but... Queerbaiting is when you put the most tenuous, like, suggestion of a queer relationship into a piece of media... Um, where you're just, like, you have two characters on screen who, like, are both women, and maybe they're funny. Yeah. 
but they're never actually going to get together. No. Um, and this is done a lot in media because it gives the people who do media the eyeballs of queer people who are, are starved for representation. Yeah, who are absolutely dying for, you know, the barest dread. I mean, we're 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 podcasting about my little pony whose queer representation is almost nil. Yeah, exactly. But it also gives the the people the the people who make these shows plausible deniability so they don't actually have to go out on a limb and take Yeah, they don't have to actually like take a stand. They don't have to have like principles. Yeah. And so if you know, the American Family Council or something decide one million moms. Yeah. Which is only like a few hundred people. Yeah. It's kinda of funny. But if they decide that if they decide that if they you know, they're probably not going to notice this subtext and yeah. be like so it basically allows people to profit off of queer people's attention without actually giving them anything of substance. And, uh, boy, howdy, is My Little Pony great at this? My Little Pony does one, like, very large example of this, and probably one of, like, the poster children for uh, queer baiting as of, like, sorry, in, like, season two a little bit, and then especially later and later. And that is Lyra and Bonbon. Yeah, they're definitely gay. Yeah, because all the characters are gay. Yeah, but like, it is so heavily implied. Yeah, but... like they'll be in the background somewhere. They'll be in like heart frame. There'll be a Valentine. It's like you're my best friend or whatever. There's their subplot in Slice of Life. There's their sh- Rainbow Rocks short where they're, or is that Friendship Games where they're competing with each other? And then Rainbow Rocks. I don't. I think this was prequel to friendship games and then there's like in rainbow rocks they're at the piano together and they smush up real close and stuff like that and like we're never going to see lyra and bon bon kiss we've seen or even nuzzle like we've seen other characters kiss and nuzzle and stuff romantically but we're never going to see that with lyra and bon bon this is a a common defense of this that people will use is that you know well, this is a show for kids, and there shouldn't be romantic relationship in it. And but there already are. Yeah, two things. Number one, that's complete BS. Children understand what romance is, even yeah. if they're not interested in it yet. Mm-hmm. And number two, yeah, there already are, and it's not just, like, parents. It starts in the first episode with Spike's crush on Rarity. Yeah, exactly. Like, like in season one, uh, Lauren Fost is actually asked about... Uh, non-het relationships on the show and she said i don't want there to be sexuality in the show and people were like there already is like like heterosexuality is as the name implies sexuality yep by sexuality you're you're saying i you're what you're basically saying is i don't want homosexuality in my show lauren faust is a problematic fave yeah but uh yeah, there's this there's this idea people have that queer people are more adult than straight people, like more adult concepts that like kids shouldn't be exposed to. But like, had I been exposed to queer perspectives as a child, I would have had a much happier life than I ended up having. Yeah, and 
all of these all of these kids they're going to have friends in school who have gay parents they're going to have gay teachers like even if they themselves aren't gay like we are past the point where people are going to go through their lives without having close friends and acquaintances who are queer yeah they need to know this stuff and hasbro is a you know multinational media company Mm -hmm. and they know that they're going to lose money and i see a lot of times people talk about you know well steven universe can do it but Mm -hmm. steven universe doesn't air in like the uae yeah and and like steven universe it's not owned by a toy company yeah and it's also a different aims for a different demographic and like no it's great that steven universe has all this representation but like no knocks against steven universe steven universe is steven great. universe is wonderful like, season whatever when i have no idea i would well that, i think that they started season five or did they Why yeah are we watching this podcast i need to well no watch. no it was like the the multi-parter i think mm. Some, oh. it, was, it was something weird um but anyway when will we get more episodes who knows but like you are starting to see more of it like obviously steven universe uh adventure time i could um, talk about um the trans Margot theory and star versus the forces of evil all day yeah that's or, like trans baiting which yeah is that's an the, exciting new frontier <laughs> new frontier and queer baiting uh star versus the forces of evil um or like I don't know. Like, I think a couple of Disney cartoons have like implied stuff. Yeah, there was like uh, some like background character in Star Versus that were smooching. Yeah, they try to do it in Gravity Falls, but we're not successful. But... I thought the the two policemen kids. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they did. You they did. You're right. When you're right, you're right. It's not often, but <laughs> once in a while, it's pretty free. Yeah. But yeah, so Lyra and Bonmon are just like they are the absolute minimum possible. Yes. Like, you know, Hasbro probably knows at this point that they just need to put Pinky and you know, Fluttershy together in a frame and we'll just lap it up. Yeah. Because we're so we're so starved for these relationships that we're going to create them basically out of whole cloth yeah um and you know to some extent i wonder how much the showrunners want to have queer themes in the show and how much is hasbro putting their foot down and saying no like i wonder if the showrunners try my impression is that like some of the people in the comics like are very yeah i've seen the I've seen some of the people who run the comics talking about Flutter Dash. Yeah. Um, which is a good show. Yes. Um shout outs to Tonic. Yes. Um but yeah, it's uh it's not it's not much. Yeah. And it's one of those things like it's super weird at this point to see a real uh, 
like seeing Lyra and Bon Bon not in a relationship with each other, it's like yeah. weird. Like it's yeah. such a staple of the fandom at this point. Yeah. That it's like having Shining and Cadence not be together. You <laughs> shout have outs to, to Carousel. <laughs> That's Equestria Girls. It's different. Also shout outs to Selective Yellow, <laughs> who does not ship Lyra and Bon Bon together and ships them with other ponies and got harassed for it a bit. Oh. Which is like That's because fun. the fandom is bad. True. Science uh, fact. Science fact. But, but it's like we we the fandom have latched onto this super hard, but I think sometimes we forget that like the actual the actual show itself is super bad about this sort of thing. Yeah. And is pretty regressive. Yeah, like without even talking about sisterhoods. Yeah. Brotherhoods. Brotherhoods. Sisterhoods. Sisterhoods is fine. Brotherhoods is good. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's it's very whatever. Like, it is fun to watch the show with other queer people and talk about queer theories. And it's fun to use it as the agar agar substrate for building queer stories on top of. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's such a good cast of, like. One thing the show does do well, it's got a very good cast of diverse representations of women. Yeah, except that they're, like, all voiced by white people. Yeah, that's true. Like, the only one on the... Diverse in the um, personality. Yeah, like, diverse personality, like... The show's still super racist. Yeah, no, it's extremely... Like, the only... I think the only non-white voice actress in the main six is Pinky's singing voice. Shannon Shankamp. But yeah, it's, uh, but you've got, like, kind of a varied amount of personalities, and because they are multicolored horses, I feel like you should, and you can and should headcanon them as lots of different races. I like, I very much like, um, when people make Equestria Girls sort of, like, more realistic things, like, if you're making them, if you're making all of them white, just, like, what are you doing? It's like, if you're making them all white with, like, the same kind of figure and face and stuff, it's like... What are you even trying to accomplish? Why are you here? It's like people who only have straight ships. Yeah, it's like MLB. what why are you what why why are you in this fandom? <laughs> but yeah, we digress. Um yep. I don't know. Uh I guess we can talk about though, um the franchise has actually gotten technically its first explicitly or at least as explicit as it's ever gonna get we hear representation yeah with um scootaloo's aunts scootaloo's aunts uh it turned so uh recently a book was published um mlp fim book about scootaloo and like it's about the cmc's the mystery of the rusty horseshoe or something i don't I quite remember the name they're all it. like chapter books for like yeah 10 so. year olds so like nobody reads them. yeah I, well people do read them and that's yeah. how we know about this sort of yeah thing, but like i don't really read them i have other things i'd rather read and uh but uh it does give us some more information on scootaloo's family uh scootaloo apparently you technically lives with her parents but her parents are almost always away so instead she lives with her aunt lofty and aunt what's the other one's name i don't remember i don't remember but she lives with her two aunts and they are heavily heavily implied to be a couple in the book like uh one of them pecks the other on the cheek and stuff, and they're like, 
living together and taking care of Scootaloo and stuff and basically raising Scootaloo. And the writer said on Twitter, like, yes, they are a couple. They are together. And somebody asked them, and they're like, yes, they are together. And... Huffington marriage. (laughs) I can't think of a good horse pun for Boston. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. Because Boston marriage. I don't know what that is. Oh, a Boston marriage is when two women, like, sort of old-timey, live together, and it's like... It's basically, like, the old-timey version of, like, you know, okay. a Boston marriage is just, like, two women living together and being gay, but... I know you are. <laughs> being gay, but in the 1800s, so we weren't allowed to call it that. Yeah. So, Boston marriage. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, but it's, like, this is cool, and, yeah. like, more power um, to them, but... It's not enough. It's not even remotely enough. Like, I'm glad that they did it. I'm really happy that they did it. I am glad that we have... Finally, finally, I can almost see myself in My Little Pony. Can't yet get in there. Yeah. There's a lesbian. Yeah, there's a pair of, like, older... Older lesbians who are, like, basically the least offensive kind of queer representation. It's just, like middle-aged monogamous mm-hmm. lesbians mm-hmm. who don't have a kid but help raise somebody else's yeah um but like i think we're still a long way off from like we're not i don't think we're gonna see like a trans character in mlp that'd be nice but i don't think we will and yeah i don't think we'll see a gay male character in mlp like I, that's actually kind of one thing i want to talk about which is in a lot of the examples that you can bring up for representation in children's media steven universe adventure time stuff like that it's almost always two women Mm -hmm. and i feel like there are a lot of very complicated reasons for that that i don't know that i can necessarily articulate well but like i feel like there's a lot of men i feel like the majority of people who work in animation are men and they think that lesbians are fine but they still even if they are not explicit about it, they have this kind of internalized homophobia, homophobia towards uh, men in relationships what's that, with men. What's that quote about, like, you're afraid of gay men because you're afraid that they're going to treat you the way you treat women? Yeah, stuff like that. And I feel like, in general, uh, lesbian relationships in media are almost considered less offensive than uh, gay male relationships. Yeah, I think it's it's because, you know... It's much easier for men to uh, sexualize and therefore, you know, exert power and cultural influence over lesbians Mm -hmm. because they're just like, oh man, two girls, that's so hot, which is like, I mean, yes, but you're not allowed to say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong, but you're still a jerk. You're not wrong, but also leave. Yeah. So. We do not exist for your entertainment. No. (laughs) i mean (laughs) but yeah like so like we're entertainers or whatever and we talk about our relationship our our but like beta and i's relationship does not exist for the entertainment of straight men no it doesn't exist for the entertainment of anybody except us yeah but sometimes it can be used to entertain other people yeah 
goes up to straight couple which one of you is the twilight and which one of you is the rainbow dash (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i feel like queer bait is definitely a big problem in children's media and Mm -hmm. my little pony is no exception and i think that i could forgive them a little bit if they just snuck lyra and bomb smooching in the background yeah just like like, maybe even just like quick peck it's all good yeah, you could, like, write it off as just, like, no, they're just really friendly. Bon Bon's Italian. <laughs> Italian. Yeah. I almost forgot about yeah. my horse pun names. Horse puns. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, it's it's frustrating that, like, they can't, they can't or and or won't do anything about it. But this would, like, not be perfect. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, you know what we haven't talked about? Wow. Well, Korra. Oh, yeah, we should talk about The Legend of Korra. Um, so, actually... Welcome back to, um... <laughs> I don't... I can't come up with a pun title fast yeah, enough. Yeah, okay. Do you, can I talk about the yes, Korra please. stuff? Because I have, like, a story. So, um, when Korra Season 1 first aired, I was, like, super excited for it. And then, turns out, surprise, surprise, Season 1 was super mediocre. But, um, they when they introduced Asami and started, like, doing... Like, I could see it coming, this, like, extremely tedious uh, love triangle between where Korra likes Mako and Mako likes Asami and all that stuff, and Korra and Asami have a rivalry and all all that boring stuff. So I decided, out of spite, as soon as Asami was introduced, I was going to ship Korra-Asami. And so, like, back then, the Tumblr tag was almost empty. There was, like, me and, like, two or three other people, one of them being, um... I think she goes by I-A-H-F-Y, I-F-E, I-F-E, I don't know, who is like a pretty famous uh, core artist, and, um, but as in like fan artist. So, yeah, so I was just shipping core on me, I'm like, all of this heterosexual BS is tedious and boring. It has been zero days since our last straight nonsense. <laughs> so our last heterosexual nonsense. So, like... Season one comes and goes and ends with the uh, Korra and Mako kissing. I'm like, yeah, that's so boring. <laughs> and so they get together or whatever. Season two was a very bad season, mm-hmm. but it did give us the fact that uh, Korra and Mako's relationship actually fell apart. It didn't work out. And uh, in season three, Korra and Asami be- start becoming like good friends. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool that they realized that the love triangle is glad. Like, I don't think they're, Korra and Asami are going to end up together, but I'm glad that they are, that they're going to have, like, a really good friendship because it's a nice friendship between, like, former quote-unquote romantic rivals. And there was definitely, like, some stuff I felt might be subtext, but I was just kind of like, no, they're probably not going to We're so used there. to writing all of this stuff off because, yeah. like, you know. Because it's weird. usually unintentional. Like, I mean, look at Rainbow Rocks. That movie is so gay. That movie is extremely gay, and none of it was intended. <laughs> Except maybe the Lyra and Bon Bon set. But as we said, plausible deniability. But, um, yeah, so, and then season four comes around, and, like, they start building up Korra and Asami's relationship more, and I'm like, I, and I was kind of like, people were all gonna be like, yeah, Makora's endgame, definitely Mako and Korra are gonna end up together. We're popping the biggest bottles. <laughs> We're popping the biggest bottles when Makora happens tomorrow. Um, so I was just kind of like, okay, but there's hope. They're writing, Kor- like, the way that the two of them were interacting, the way Korra blushed, like, when they first, like, re-met each other, the fact that Asami was the only person Korra wrote to when she was away, like, it said so much, and I was like, 
please let this happen. And then something miraculous happened. It happened. Korra and Asami took each other's hands and walked together into the spirit portal. And they came out and said, Korra and Asami are in a relationship. And it's so good. I was... I was so happy. I was like, oh my god, this is like one of the best things to ever happen in a show that I did not particularly like <laughs> at a lot of times. But I really had grown attached to both Korra and Asami as characters, even though like I was barely involved with the fandom and I didn't have even watched a lot of episodes. But like Korra and Asami ended up together. And then like a few weeks later, they were like, and yeah, we're going to continue the story in some comics. Uh, we're going to hire this queer woman, Irene Ko. And we're going to explore Kor and Asami's uh, burgeoning relationship. And I was just so excited. And it's wonderful. And I like it. Yeah, just like, we don't need the world. I mean, we want the world. but we, just we, want, like, we want the world. All they had in the show was the two of them holding hands. Holding hands and staring into each other's eyes lovingly. And that then, was and that was groundbreaking. That's that was, how little... That's how little representation there is in in media for us especially media aimed towards children and yeah teens. and like let's be real i don't like a lot of media that's not aimed towards children it's yeah also like edgy and dark and boring yeah like sometimes you got something good like brooklyn 99 is yeah. pretty decent um i've heard good things about it it's pretty good but uh like yeah like tv shows that i enjoy are like i will pony no much academia steven universe steven universe you know what wasn't for kids and was extremely good? Neo Yokio. <laughs> God, that show's so good. No more questions for capitalist pigs. <laughs> Communism forever. <laughs> no further answers for you pigs of the West. <laughs> you please, don't deserve this big Tobler own. Please watch Neo Yokio. Just goes up to the to the uh, writers of My Little Pony. You don't deserve this big Tobler own. <laughs> Was yes, please, please watch Neo Yokio if you are not as small, because it is not free. I was just about to ask if there was a uh, queer representation in Neo Yokio. Kind <laughs> yes, because um the the guy that he suspected, his old music teacher. Oh yeah, had a boyfriend. Mega gay, and there was also the the surprisingly respectful gender swap episode. Yeah, that was weird. That was incredible. And also like there there is a lesbian in that episode as well. Yeah. And they discuss like gender is a spectrum, not a binary and stuff like that. It's like, oh, Netflix this is really like, good. Netflix is like, you know, not amazing, but like so far and beyond what anybody else is Thank doing. Thank you Ezra Koenig and Jaden Smith for giving us Neo Yokio. Yeah, but also just like Orange is the New Black, which I haven't seen, but features, like, actual queer les queer trans women playing yeah. queer trans characters. Laverne well, like, Cox is in it. And, like, you know, the Wachowskis present Body Swap Spectacular or whatever <laughs> I still called. haven't seen Sense8. I haven't either. It seems really scary. And then, yeah, like, it seems intense. Black Mirror, that one episode with the gays that has a happy ending because, screw you, the gays get a happy ending. Yeah, didn't Black Mirror have an episode with a bad ending, too, though? I mean, um, most episodes of Black Mirror. Well, yeah, have a but bad like with one with like a queer couple, oh. and then like obviously you have shows like what was the one called the the something the nine 
or like yeah and then there's a uh, grace and frankie that might have been amazon i don't know what that is grace and frankie is where uh oh i remember this where there's the two, uh, the two elderly business, women the two elderly women and then and their they're... their husbands announce that they're together yeah yeah and then it's it's like jamie fonda and someone else who isn't as famous as jamie fonda and they're if we're gonna talk about pg-13 i can't talk about the crux of that show anymore <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Amazon also has, like, freaking transparent, which is, like, uh-huh. it's, like, the worst of both worlds, because they're, like, going out on a on a limb with respect to progressiveness, but... And then they're casting, like, a straight dude to play a trans woman, which is not only awful, but also dangerous for us. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Don't it, ever do that. I like don't want the My Little Pony people to I don't a want, trans episode I unless they have hire. A, as well, like if they make the trans character voiced by a trans person mm-hmm. and they have the writer be a trans person, then I'm going to say, all right, you've got my attention. More Otherwise, I'm going to be you. like, this is going to be brotherhood again. Yeah, this is going to be a utter crapshoot complete train wreck but yeah so queer bait it sucks and you shouldn't do it if you find yourself like hmm i only i need i need some queer representation but i'm nervous about it so i'm just gonna like kind of imply it slightly in the background with these two minor characters that don't matter and it's like what if you didn't we should also give some brief mention to Queer Biting 2.0, a.k.a. this one background character in... Uh, in Harry Potter. In, no, this one background character in Beauty and the Beast is oh, technically yeah. a gay man. You know, it, was, just... um, it was the, the guy who's always with uh, Gaston, and then he ends up with some dude. Yeah, of just like, technically you're not queer baiting, technically this is canon, but it's such a bit part... It's so minor, it's so inconsequential that I almost wish you were doing queer baiting again mm-hmm. because then at least I could like ship people with some yeah. amount of chemistry. Yeah. And like uh, and as I was implying earlier with freaking Dumbledore is gay. Yeah, Dumbledore is gay. It's just like it's such a joke now because Yeah, cuz like so... JK Rowling just like keeps trying to make her books more diverse and representative and progressive than they actually were in like, retro like retroactively gay it yeah like harry harry potter himself is a baby of an extremely wealthy jock and his beautiful wife who then becomes a jock and inherits tons and tons of money becomes a celebrity and a famous sports player and then becomes a police officer and ends up with like the 2.8 children or whatever and yeah, names them the worst things in the world yeah and then there was like the article recently about like ah obviously snape is trans and i'm like what shut the f up what does it even mean i don't know i'm tired yeah i'm tired of this it's just like there's like a running joke where J.K. Rowling is just like oh my cloud score is dropping <laughs> um throws dart at dartboard Neville is spins a spinner. Sapiosexual. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Lavender is heteroflexible. 
Thank you for listening to Maramores. Thank you all for listening to Maramores. Let us know how you felt about this episode. You should join our Discord. If you should you join our Discord, please interact with our posts please in some way. Please interact with us. So that we know we're not just shouting out into an empty void. Which um, is technically what we're doing until the episode goes up. Because right now we're talking at like this silver thing. Yeah. But uh, I'll hail the, the comedy scepter. <laughs> the comedy scepter. Anyway, I've been, uh, I've been Beta. I've been Caraval. Anyway, we'll see y'all next time. We still have a sign-off meme, so you can, if you think of a good one, you should give it to us. Anyway, good night.